every changing of land, there are challenges involved. Are you with me on that? Say, for instance, when you're in the land of being sad and you're trying to change land into happiness, that's a challenge, right? When Egypt or when Israel left Egypt, Egypt or Israel had to change lands, right? And it was a big challenge for them. And to be honest with you, those that left Egypt, even though they left Egypt, the world, their minds were still in the land of Egypt. So the first place that we have to deal with the conquest and the challenges is in our minds, right? Because everything happens in the mind. Everything. My grandfather used to tell me that all the time. It's all in the mind, son. Whatever it is, right here. This right here is what's going to make us or break us, whether we're going to deal with the challenges up here. So, so we, when we're talking about changing lands, when we are talking about changing lands, we must understand that no matter what movement in life or what condition in life we are, it's all about changing lands. And I don't care whether you're trying to get from poverty to being well off, from health or from sickness to health, sadness to gladness, from an apartment to a house, from the world to the spirit realm. All of these situations are changing lands. And with each situation comes challenges. You can't change lands without challenges, right? And we're going to go here in the Bible and we're going to deal with this thing in depth. Because if we really want to have a good time, let's get the word. I still say it. And I'll say it till the day I die. 98% of the churches ain't worth walking into when it comes to the knowledge of God because they ain't giving up nothing. I'll say it till the day I die because I know what I'm talking about. Been around. You really want to have a good time in the Lord? Sit down and hear the word of the Lord. And you'll have a good time in the Lord. You know why? Because God will be in you. He say, if you abide in me and my word abide in you. <laughs> my word. He didn't say if you abide in me and or if I abide in you and you abide in me. No, he said if I abide in you or you abide in me and my word abide in you. Why would he say? Because he placed his word above his name. He said in the beginning was the what? It didn't say in the beginning was God. It didn't say, it say in the beginning was the word.
word, and the word was God, right? Mm-hmm. See, we're only good as our word, right? If God slipped on any part of his word, then we couldn't trust him, could we? Ain't we glad God ain't like man? Because if God's like us, God help us. God help us. The challenges of changing lands. Let's go to the book of Hebrews 10.8. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. Tell me when you get there. Everybody there? Hebrews, New Testament. Watch this. Verse 38. It say now. It didn't say later. Did it say later? It said now, didn't it? Now the just <laughs> shall what? Live what? Uh-oh. The just. Now, now, now that word just there means those that are lined up with God. That's being just in God. It's being lined up in God. And the only one that can line us up in God is our belief and faith in Christ Jesus, right? So the just, those that are lined up with God, they got to live by what? Faith. Now, faith is a substance of things hoped for, but the evidence of things that are not seen. See, faith is a substance. It's there. But you have to have the ability through the spirit realm to reach out and catch the substance that's already there. Because without faith, without what? Faith, Hebrews 11.6, it is what? Impossible, go there, to please God. See, without faith, 11, Hebrews 11, 6 says, but without faith. First it says, now faith. Over here, that's right now. It's got to be exercised right now. You see. Now, then it says, but. It comes back with a conjunction. It cancels out the now. And the reason why it cancels out the now is because without faith. If the just shall live by faith, then without faith, it is impossible to please God. Impossible. See, see that, that, that's where Abel, I mean, Cain messed up. He didn't come by faith. He came by his own works. It says now, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. Please him, which is God. And he that come to God must believe that he is mm-hmm, and that he is a rewarder of them that how diligently seek him. Not those that just seek him, right? It means there's some exertion involved. You see, when you're dealing in faith, there's a whole, I'm so glad that we don't have to run 
24-7 on that what we call high-test faith because it will burn us out, that high-octane faith. It will burn us out because when you're talking about diligently seeking God, you're talking about putting forth exertion. That's a lot of work. So now we understand why faith without what? Is what? Dead. Dead. Because it's going to challenge you. And that's what we're talking about, the challenges of changing lands. Not so much changing land, but the challenges. Because if we don't effectively deal with the challenges of the changing of the land, then we'll never get to the new land. So what we got to do is we've got to deal with the challenges of life in order to get to that place where we want to get to, right? The challenges of changing land. People don't never give up. Don't never look to man. Look to God. Because God is there for you. Though a just man falls seven times, that includes women. You'll get up again. But if you depend on man to get you up, then you're going to get your head stoned. And you're already down. So when you're down, you really need somebody to help you up, right? Be careful who you link up with. Be careful what you link up with. Be careful who's talking in your ear. Because whoever has your ear holds your what? Future. Hebrew 11.8. We're going to hang around in here just for a minute. It says now, by faith, look what Abraham did. Abraham is the father of nations of faith. By faith, Hebrews 11.8, when he was called. When he was called to go out in a place which he should receive after, or he should after receive for an inheritance, he obeyed. And he went out knowing not whether he went. See, on faith, you got to go out without knowing where you're going. If you know where you're going, then faith can't use you. Right? See, Abraham, by faith, it says, when God called him. Now, remember, remember I told y'all about many are called but few are chosen. That's what Jesus said. Many are called because being called is an interview for the job. Being chosen means you got the job, right? There are steps. That's why many are called, many are interviewed, but only a few get the job. Huh? You got a thousand applicants, but they only got 50 jobs. So a bunch of them are called to come put in an application. But after the interview, that's what's going to decide whether or not you get the job or not. I'm just breaking it down to you where you can understand it on physical terms, where you can understand that the application of this must be dealt with within ourselves and not so much out here. So when God called Abraham, he simply invited him. That's all he did. 
when he invited him, he invited him on an interview. Abraham immediately did what? Obeyed. He got the job when he obeyed. If he, if he never would have obeyed, he never would have got the job. If he never would have obeyed, we wouldn't have today the blessings that he brought forth for us. Right? Mm -hmm. Because we are under the Abraham covenant, regardless of what you think. You know, all the families of the earth, but the Bible says, are blessed through Abraham because Abraham is the father of the multitude of nations of faith. Amen? So, how many of y'all know that love covers a multitude of sin? And whosoever love has fulfilled the whole law. Now I'm going to ask you a question. I saw a documentary the other day about the lost pygmies. And they were out there and they had no outside communication with man. But you know Civilized man is going to always find a way to discover something that's hidden, right? So they go in and they find out about these people. They find out about these people that they don't have no law, they don't have no violence, they don't have no argument, they don't have none of that. But these are supposed to be savages. Wait a minute. Let's flip the script and look at us. We're supposed to be civilized, but we're killing each other. So the way, they, the way they deal with their discretions is they dance. They dance. And when they dance, that's how they deal with their situation. Amen? Amen. So, here's the Lord, and God says, Now, whosoever loveth has fulfilled the whole law. And he says that love covers a multitude of sin. Now, who do you think going to heaven, the ones that's exercising the love, or the ones that's exercising Jesus, 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 but still treating each other like hell? Who do you think going to heaven? The ones that's exercising love. You see, any time, see, that's why our church is too narrow-minded. See, every time we love one another, we call on Jesus. Because Jesus is love. That's why the Bible says, if you, whosoever love one another, has fulfilled not some of the law, but all of it. But we narrow-minded church folk. We try to put everything in a vacuum. We try to put God in a vacuum because we don't know the scripture and nobody in leadership is teaching us the scripture so the dumb getting dumber because they led by the dumb and the blind leading the blind, they both have a wreck. Paul said a shipwreck. Small-minded Christians. They can't see what the scripture is really saying because they don't understand that the letter killeth, but the spirit makes alive. That's in there too. The book of Corinthians. That's in there too. The letter killeth, 
When you can't see nothing but the letter of that Bible, you kill people with it. But it said when you understand the spirit of it, that's what makes people alive. Because when you understand the spirit of the Bible, when you see a man down, you'll help him up like the good Samaritan. You won't act like the Levite or the priest who's supposed to know God, but they were going the same way that the man that failed. They were going down to Samaria or wherever they were going, down from Jerusalem. They were, in other words, they were on the same path that the man that got knocked was on. So you don't never know who's going to give you a drink of water. Bring them along. You might need them. That's why the door's always open. Bring them along. You might need them. You don't know. When they go low, Michelle Obama said, we go high. If you want to get the turbulence out of your life, you got to rise high. A plane don't rise with the turbulence. It goes above it. The challenges of changing land. You see, every calling of God comes with a challenge. When God called Abraham, Abraham didn't know where he was going. Abraham had to leave his home, his kinfolk, and everything else. And at that time, Abraham was not rich. We talked about that. We preached that. We preached that. Abraham got rich through Sarah. We preached that and showed it to you in the Bible. When Abraham left Ur of the Chaldeans, he didn't have much. Could we do it? If God called us and we didn't have but a little, maybe not much at all, but a paycheck? <laughs> Could we go to California not knowing anything about it? Could our faith be that strong? Could we hear God? Or will we reject the call of God? Because of what we see. See, what you see will hold you back. What you see. You see this small congregation here. But we do more in the world than First Baptist down here. <laughs> if you went by what you saw, you'd be lost at House of Destiny. Because you wouldn't be able to understand, how do you folk do this? We don't. God does. He always has. He always will. Ain't no big eyes and little U's in here. It's just us. I always preach that. I never tell you to look to me. I always say, look to Jesus. If you look to me, you're going to get hurt. Because I'm just a man, and men fail men. Do you understand that? That's why you ain't supposed to look to man. You don't supposed to put your trust in man. You don't curse yourself when you put your trust in a man or a woman. <laughs> I see you hit her. <laughs> I 
You better put your trust in God, and then God will work it out Amen. in due season. Amen? Amen? So we got to understand that with every calling comes with it a challenge or many challenges. To prove that fact, let's go to verse 9 here. By faith, look what he did, Abraham. He sojourned in the land of what? Promise. As in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. You see, by faith we do what we call we sojourn. And the word sojourn means to dwell in a place as a stranger. So let me give you some clarification on this. If you go to a new city, you're in a new land, right? So you're going to have to dwell there as a stranger and get to know it, right? When you leave Egypt, the world, and you come into the kingdom of God, you've got to dwell there as a stranger because you don't know it. If you've been in the world all your life and all you know is physical things, and God called you to spiritual things, you're going to have to sojourn there and learn. That's why you got to come under a covenant where you can be taught. See, you got to learn that. You have to sojourn that land. And let me tell you something. While you sojourning, you're going to go through some challenges because you're going to run up on some things because the kingdom of God is not given to you. you got to take it. I'm sorry. Ever since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God suffers what? Violence. And the Bible says that the violent are the ones that take it by force. We got to take this. This thing inside of us, we got to learn how to take it. That kingdom inside of us, that place, we got to sojourn it. We got to take it. Look, victory is not won in miles. Victory is won in inches. One inch at a time. And the problem is, and I'm going to say it, and I'm going to say it, and I'm going to say it till I die. The problem is, is when we gain an inch, we don't hold on to the inch. We let the inch get away from us again. Amen? See, now, now how suggested it? It could have been 1,000 people here by now, or 10,000. About that many done came through. But when we got the inch, they didn't hold the fort. So we lost the inch, but we didn't stop trying. You, you understand what I'm saying? Because sooner or later, the right crew will come up in here, and when we gain these inches, and I think we got that little crew right now. When we gain these inches, see, we, hold, we fight the holy. Yeah, see. And now we can go and get another inch, you see. The front person can go, we fight, we get another inch, because I know i got capable people back here that's fighting to hold on to the inch we already got. Do it make sense? When I look to my left and when I look to my right and when I look before me and when I look behind me, I know that I see my soldiers, the seen ones and the unseen ones, because there's more with us than against us. It sure is. There's more with us than against us. 
sojourn. He said, now you got to learn how to sojourn in this thing. And they dwelled in tabernacles right here. Faith dwells with joy and laughter, Isaac, and a mind that's willing to change lands, Jacob, the mind in transition. See, faith dwells in this tabernacle with that. So as we go through the challenges of life, that's why the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, that in everything, not some things, but in everything, give thanks to the Lord. For this is the will of God in Christ concerning you, is that we give thanks when we're up, that we give thanks when we're down, that we give thanks when we don't have, that we give thanks when we do have. Paul said, I've learned how to be hungry when I'm full and full when I'm hungry. Paul has said in his Bible, I've learned how to be content where with whatever condition that I'm in. See, Paul learned how to be thankful regardless of what the situation was. When I'm hurting, I've learned how to give thanks to God. My wife, my back hurt all the time. My wife, she says, your back don't hurt no more. I say, I don't, ain't no need of me talking. Talking about it ain't going to do no good. So I just give thanks to God within myself. Amen. And sometimes I speak it out. I just go around the house looking crazy. Thank you, Jesus. Be hurting. Amen. It don't matter. He say, give thanks. I remember the scripture. He said, give thanks in all things, not some things. Not just when I, like church folk, you know, they give thanks with everything going all right. They never go to God and say, God, what can I do for you? It's always, God, I need, I need. The world is a needy place, Lord. Everybody needs something. And everybody is trying to get what you got. Because we've been dropped into a place called the world and it's a needy place so we got to learn how to sojourn in that spiritual land like Abraham and we got to learn how to understand and accept the challenges and be able to do what God would have us to do so that we can possess that land let's go to the book of Deuteronomy Deuteronomy the 11th chapter Deuteronomy, the 11th chapter, starting at verse 10. Tell me when you get there. Amen. Deuteronomy, Old Testament. Hear the word of the Lord. Chapter 11, starting at verse 10. Verse 10. Watch this. For the land. Are y'all there? I need everybody there. It says here, For the land... Whether thou goest in to do what? It didn't say nothing about nobody giving you nothing, did it? it said, you know what possess means? That means you got to take it. You got to fight. You want the kingdom of God. Remember, ever since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God suffers violence. And only the violent is the one that take it by force. So you got to take this. This thing that's inside of us, that the world don't want you to have. 
And sometimes we ourselves don't want ourselves to have it. Let's just be honest about it. Because we still, as we used to say in the military back in the Vietnam days, we still in Saigon. We're back in America, but our mind is still in Saigon. In other words, we still messed up. And it's going to take some time for God to straighten it out. That's why God say don't judge nothing before it's time. You don't know what a man been through until you walk a mile in his shoes. But we so church folk, we so quick to uh and walk away from one another when we ought to stick together. We so quick to walk away from our marriages and our relationships when we ought to Amen? Is it not a challenge? It's a challenge. Say you want a man, say you want a woman, you better be ready for the challenges because if you're not, you best leave it alone because you ain't ready yet. If you're not ready to handle the challenges of it, don't get involved with it. Amen? Because you're on another level that you ain't, you don't know nothing about. You're talking about having to be accountable to somebody else and having to take care of somebody else and, 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 and all that kind of stuff. And it's not a part-time job. Can we just talk? See, now, this land... It says here, he said, now when you go in to possess it, something you're going to have to understand here, it ain't like the land of Egypt. You see it there. When we're talking about leaving the world and going into the spiritual area of God, it ain't like the world. So the things that we did in the world don't work over here. That's another problem we got as church folk. Notice I keep saying church folk. See, we try to make ourselves disciples because that's what God called us. Jesus called us disciples of his so that we can become the sons of God. It's a process. Church folk, they, they, they don't know nothing about discipleship. Disciples. Is what God called us. Romans called us Christians. The Roman government did. First at Antioch. The same ones that wanted to kill Jesus is the same one that gave us the name. <laughs> and we run around here calling that. And we don't forget that God called us to be Christians. But the same ones that killed Jesus gave us the name that they wanted us to call ourselves. See, didn't nobody ever question that. You see, see, you got to ask, you got to ask some questions. When, when, when you, when, if you got to, when you see something in the Bible, you got to question why. And God will give you an answer. <laughs> why, Lord, did they call us Christians first at Antioch? And God will give you an answer. I call you that. 
Jesus never did say, y'all Christians. He said, you're my disciple. I'm just telling you what the word says. I don't want to hear nothing about what your theology says or what you believe. I don't care about what you believe. If you don't believe that, you're wrong. So why should I care what you believe? You don't come up in here with your belief. You come up in here with the belief in that. Right there. That's what's called being justified, lined up. Yeah. See, once you see it in there, it don't make no difference what you believe. If what you believe it ain't lining up with that, you need to change lands. And, and check this out. It's going to be a struggle. It's going to be a challenge for you to change your mentality. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a challenge. Because when I started showing my baby stuff that she had never known before, she wrestled. Did you not? Oh, no, no. Look at it. I don't like, like you do a dog head and made her look at it. Look at it. Look at it. Keep looking at it until you can see it. Come up out of that old religion. Because that old religion will kill you. It will destroy you. Why are you going to argue with God and God specifically says that he that endure not just part of the way but all the way shall be saved. <laughs> oh, you believe you once saved always saved? You think you can just do what you want to do? No, I don't think so. We in for a rude awakening because we trying to play on God. Because first of all, we trying to tell God that God, you didn't say that. We done made up our own Belief. Well, you can believe what you want to. And I'm going to tell you right now, your belief will get you put in hell and mine too. If it ain't the right one. You can come through them doors all our life and go straight to hell. Come up in here and don't never hear nothing. Come up in here and not learn instead of learning you critiquing. We had them kind too. They ain't here no more. You know why? Because they couldn't get with the truth. They wanted to have church. They wanted to have church. We want to have the kingdom. Amen. See, we kingdom dwellers up in here. Now, let's, let's go on down here and get a little deeper. Because it's going gonna, gonna to get what they call funky. He said, now, you got to understand, first of all, that this land, verse 10, Deuteronomy 11, verse 10, it said, now, you're going to have to possess it. Take it. You got to fight for it because it ain't like the land of Egypt. Look what we did in the world in Egypt, which she came out of, where we sowed our own seed, didn't we? Watered it with our foot as a garden of herbs. See, what we do in the world, we get up, we go to work to sow our seeds and do our thing, right? Amen. Right? That ain't the kingdom. That's that's what's required of you of Egypt. But in order to get to this other place, there are going to be some challenges because you got to take it. Now, verse 11 says, but the land, there it is with that but again, it says, but the land, whether ye go to possess it. See, it keep on bringing that, possess it up. They keep bringing that up. They keep reminding you that ain't nothing free. So we need to stop going to God with an empty hand. 
Yeah. Because ain't nothing free. Amen. Amen? Amen? Ain't nothing free talking about salvation free. You crazy. Come on. A man gave his life. That's right. Ain't nothing free. Oh, you heard them say that. That's them church folk, them leaders. Oh, you know, salvation is free. Okay, get involved with it, and then you'll see how free it is. <laughs> now, you, somebody paid the price for it. Now that you got it, now you will have to pay something. Now, it's a price that you can't pay, the Bible says, but you still going to have. It's like restitution. You might not pay it all back, but by God, you're going to start paying something on it. I'll guarantee you that. You're going to pay something because if you don't, you're going back to jail. And it's the same way with God. You'll go right back to your state of bondage. Bible said, now, this land that we're going into, it's different, verse 11. It said, when you go in and possess it, this thing here is a land of hills. That means it's got promotions in it. Come on now. We're getting to the good part now. Now we're getting to the good part. See, when you understand what's over here in this land, then it makes you want to fight harder for it. Mm-hmm. Because in this land, it says now, it's a land of hills, promotions. The Bible says in the book of Psalms that God is the one that promotes. He get one, he take, set up one, take down another. But it's God the one that get a promotion. See, in this land over here, see, over here you're trying to promote yourself. By getting a new job, more money. You know what I'm saying. Another old girl. Another old man. Still ain't happy. Because you're looking for the wrong thing. You're looking for love in all the wrong places. Huh? Am I in the house? First you want to eat and now you want to eat up. That's what my father-in-law used to tell me. First you want to hug her, now you want to choke her. Huh? She feels the same way about you. Don't lie. That thing worked both ways. Those are the challenges of working in that land of what we call marriage. It's a challenge. And if you ain't up for the challenge, guess what? I'm going to get a divorce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But over here you said through better, for better or worse. Sickness and health, through good times and bad times. There's going to be a whole lot of all that in there. If your death do you part, and death ain't nowhere near you, you holler, I'm ready to go. <laughs> I'm ready to get out of here. It's too hot. The challenges of changing lands. It says here in verse 11 now, you got to understand that in this land, there's going to be some promotion. How many of y'all want to be promoted? To the things that God wants, not to the things that you want now. Because God knows better for us. See, we mess around and ask for the wrong promotion. We don't need to do that. We don't need to do that at all. What we need to do is understand that, okay, God, not my will, but thy will. That's a hard one, ain't it? 
That's a hard one. See, this stuff looks easy when you're reading it. You start trying to apply it. You'll see just how challenging this Bible is. Ain't nothing easy about this thing. And if they tell you it is, they'll lie. Well, all you got to do is just believe God. Okay, help me in my unbelief then. Because I believe, but evidently I ain't believing enough. So somebody's going to have to help me if I believe. Because something shady there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You see, now not only is hills going to be there, but some valleys going to be there too. That means some breakthroughs. You see, 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 when it's a mountain right there and that thing split open, see, that's a breakthrough. Now you can walk through where it once was a mountain. It's a valley now. It's a cut path. Mm-hmm. In that land. There are promotions, breakthroughs. Mm-hmm. That ain't all there. And drink of the water, blessings, receive blessings, of rain. Where? From the earth? Say what? I thought it said the earth. It didn't say that. I'm wrong, ain't it? Yeah, dead wrong. He said heaven, didn't he? Uh-huh. <coughs> Blessings from heaven. The rain or the blessings. Ezekiel 34, 26. It'll tell you that. That there'll be showers and those showers will be showers of blessings. You understand? The blessings from above. Every good and perfect gift comes from above the book of James. Come from above. From the Father of lights. And there is no variableness or turning of shadow. The Bible says, in other words, it's straight from him to you. Amen. Now, I ain't finished yet. Still got some deeper stuff. We're going deeper. But I want to make sure you're there before we go any further. You know what I mean? I don't want to hit you all at one time. Might bust your chest. (laughs) That easy way. Now, Verse 12. Watch this. Everybody? Look at this. And the land, and land, it's a land, which the Lord thy God do what? Oh, my God. Wait a minute. It's different here. It's something different. Nobody cares about me in the world. All they want is what I got. If I'm stupid enough, I'll be like that old naked cat down by the river scratching. Because the world untook everything. Because the world don't care nothing about you. Or me. Can we agree on that? But in this land that we go in to possess, I'm reading it here. Say, God, care for me. Say he cares for that land. And the eyes of the Lord thy God are always upon it. From the beginning of the year, even until the end of the year. So, in this land, right? If God cared for this land, and the book of Peter tells us that the, what is it, 4 7? I think 4 4 7, 1 Peter 4 7, somewhere along in there, 5 7, I don't know. But it's in there. It says that the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. 
and his ears are open to their prayers. So in this land that God cares for, this land of the kingdom, which he's trying to get us to possess, if we can deal with the challenges of changing lands from the world to the spirit realm, then he says, now this land over here, God care for. God don't care for this world system, but this land over here, this system over here, God, God cares for this. And not only does God care for it, but his eyes are upon it at all times. That means he keeps watch over this land. So guess what? If he cares for this land, and his eyes is always upon this land, when I step into this land, that means he sees me and he cares for me too because I'm in that land. Y'all with that? Okay. All right, now let's go a little bit further. Let's go a little bit further. Now, God says here that It's going to give its season at the beginning of the year and until the end of the year. That's perpetual. And verse 13 says, And it's to come to pass as if you hearken unto my commandments, which I command you this day. This day. See, this thing only works if we take heed to what's being spoken to us this day. Amen? Y'all see that? It says now, if you hearken unto my commandment diligently, there it is again, which I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, that I will give you the rain, which is the blessings of your land. See, now it's your land because you done stepped into it. He said, now, I'm going to give you the blessing, the rain, of your land in his due season. The first rain and the latter rain, that thou mayest gather in the corn and the wine and the oil. God says, what God is trying to tell us here is that it's going to come to pass that I'm going to give you the blessings of your land. See, when you stepped off into this, God has placed the kingdom of God in all of us. And when you step off into this kingdom that God cares for and watches over at all times, and now he sees you in it, now he says it's your land. See, change. That land now becomes your. It don't become yours until you do what? Possess it. It's not given. There is no free ride. <laughs> Your land. And it said now, in this land, this land brings forth his season. Every land has its own season. So when we step in it, that has already, God already has a season there for that place. When you step into it, you step into your season because it's yours now. And whatever is given there belongs to you because that's your blessings, right? All right. 
Now, if you think you're talking about rain, you can go. <laughs> you got to understand you're talking about blessings, people. See, the Bible is a coded. It's, it's, you got to decode it. You got to understand what God is saying. Now, if you think he's just talking about rain, then you can go on out there. The, the rain blesses what's out there. But it blesses us too. But he's talking about spiritual blessings here. And even the rain that come down from heaven, is it, it, it came from the spirit realm first, right? Like everything, yeah. He says here in verse 15, he says, And I will send grass, which is the living word of truth, in thy fields, which is in thy life, for thy cattle, which is the turning of your affection, that thou mayest eat and be full. Psalms 126, verse 1 through 6. Talking about the turning of your affections. Watch this. Psalms 126. We're getting almost there. We're almost done. Church, I got a meeting right after with y'all. So y'all stay put. It's only for a few minutes. Psalms 126. Verse 1 through 6. Are we there? Watch this. It says that when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, remember I told you that the uh, the the uh, <clears throat> for thy cattle means the turning of your affections. See, he's going to send that blessing to us to turn our affections away from what it used to be toward him. And he says here that when the Lord, in verses, uh, Psalms 126, verses 1 through 6, he said, Now, when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, it says that we were like them that dream. Mm-hmm, I bet you were. bet I was too. Then was our mouth filled with laughter. Because you got to understand these people was in ba- Babylon. Then was our mouth filled with laughter, our tongues with singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord had done great things for them. See, that's the heathen. Sometimes the heathen can see better than Christian folk can see. Sometimes the heathen can see your blessing and tell you how blessed you are. Well, you got haters. That's supposed to be your brothers. and Like David said, I could have took it if it had been somebody that wasn't my friend, somebody that we went to the house of the Lord together, somebody that we broke bread together and ate at my table, I would have been able to take the betrayal, David said. Speaking of Christ. But it was somebody that broke bread with me that said that they were my friend. Said the Lord has done great things, verse 3. Wherefore we are glad. Now here you go. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams of the south. Now this is what I like. They that sow, watch this, weeping may come for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Them that sow in tears, you see it? Verse 5. Shall reap in what? Don't grow weary in your well-doing. Because in due season you will reap. And there's that word, if. You faint not. Too many times we faint. He that goeth forth, verse 6, weepeth. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, 
shall doubtlessly come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Church, there's going to be a harvest in your life. And you've got to understand that the tears that you've been shedding, y'all hear me, the tears that y'all have been shedding, y'all know you've been shedding some tears. Because the spirit untold. But let me tell you something. Those tears that you've been shedding, they were watering the precious seeds that you were sowing. And in a minute, you're going to break out your sheaves because you're going to see a harvest that you didn't even know that you were going to have. And then you're going to think back on this word and you're going to say, you know, he told them. When, when we were crying, we were watering those precious seeds. Not just seeds, but those precious seeds. Mm-hmm. Remember all them tears that you cried at night when you was by yourself? And you turn on and them little tears and rolling. Y'all know. Play with me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Trying to figure it out. Wondering Why? See, them, those were tears <laughs> that were watering your future harvest. Because your suffering had already dropped the seeds in. <laughs> Y'all don't get that. <laughs> That's why I say you got to suffer your way up into the kingdom. See, your suffering was already dropping the seeds. They just needed some tears. They had to have some water. Ain't God good? If you believe it. If you believe it, then receive it. Deuteronomy 11. Back to Deuteronomy 11. Verse 16. It says, Take heed to yourselves, that your heart be not deceived. See, here we've got to be careful. And you turn aside, and you serve other gods, and worship them. Listen, church. Listen to me. Listen good. Get in the fellowship and stay in the fellowship. Talking to all of you. Ain't none of y'all exempt up in here. Ain't none of y'all above God. Get in the fellowship and stay in the fellowship. Because the word of God just said now, watch yourself. Don't be deceived thinking you're going to get this. And then all of a sudden, next week or the week after, your heart turn aside and go after other gods. You know what I'm saying? Another God might be to bed on Sunday morning. Oh, you don't hear me. Oh, look, oh, uh, did I hit some? Did I hit you? <laughs> Somebody hollered. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Might be your job. You know what I'm saying? When you take that extra Sunday, when you know you could have, okay, listen, I, I, can, I can leave this one alone. And get, you know. God knows about all of that. Amen. He know when you got to and when you don't. God ain't stupid. And God is a rational God. He understands when it's in your heart to be here, but you can't. But he also understands when you could have been here and you wasn't because of that dollar bill. He also understands that too. So don't play with him. (laughs) 
I know it's tight. That's why we're laughing about it. So y'all kill me if we don't <laughs> throw a rock. He says here, verse 17, and then the Lord's wrath be kindled against you. There it is. Because I told you what to do. And he shut up the heaven where you were being blessed. He'll shut the rain up. Shut the rain up and blessings stop. I don't know about nobody else, but that's done happened to me before. Many times. Mm-hmm. Shut that rain up. Shut it up. God don't have no respected person. He'll tear anybody up. No man don't give me. He don't care nothing about that. He care about your soul. He said now, and shut the heaven, and there should be no rain, and the land yield not her fruit, mm. and least ye perish quickly from off the good land which the Lord giveth you. Boy, that's heavy there. Perish quickly. In other words, warp speed. He'll take it from you. That's done happen too. We're finishing up. Hebrews 11.10. Look what Abraham did. Hebrews 11.10 over there. Remember we talk about the challenges of changing land. Watch what Abraham did. We know he sojourned, right? He dwelt in a place as a stranger. That's what we do when we go from the physical realm to the spiritual realm within us. Verse 10 said, For he, Abraham, Look for a city and encounter which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. See, he didn't look for the builder and maker of physical things, but he looked for an eternal building. And he looked for eternal foundations, which was whose maker and builder was God. Foundations there means whose beginnings was God. Last verse and I'm done. First Peter 1 9. Right on time. Getting back to that salvation now. Verse 9 says, are we there? Receiving the what? End of your faith. Uh Uh-huh. Even the salvation of what? Jesus said, whosoever endure to the end shall be saved. It says, receiving the end of your faith. See, our faith has an end to it. And at the end of our faith is the thing called the final salvation of your souls. You see it there, right? You understand that, right? Don't you let nobody fool you. I don't care how convincing they are. Don't you let nobody fool you to think that you just once saved, always saved, bull crap. 
It's a lie that the devil has brought into the church to destroy the faith of God's people and make them lazy and make them think that they can be on cruise control when the Bible explicitly says you got to possess it. That means take it. That you got to diligently please God. It ain't going to work otherwise. And at the end of that faith, at the end of it, is the salvation of our soul. Not at the beginning. At the end of it. You did not become a son of God or a daughter of God when you first got saved. process. You don't believe me? Go to John 1 12. It says as many as believed on him and received his name they were given the power to become the sons of God. Process. You don't step up in college and say I'm a doctor. Oh no. That's a process. You just don't get saved and say, I got it. You ain't got nothing. You got the basic. Now it's time to grow. Amen? Let's give God some praise here. Let's give him praise. Stay seated just for a second. Bring them on out. Church, New Year's coming up, right? And 